This is Unclaimed Bands, show 47. Hey music lovers, it's AG from Unclaimed Bands, coming to you from the legendary Dobbs at 304 South Street in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Today I'm sitting down with Chrissy Chrissy. Welcome. Hey, how you doing? Hey, alright. Um, let's talk about your early start. You come from a musical family with six kids and everybody singing. Uh, was there a lot of competition for the spotlight? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there was um, there was a lot of uh, over-singing, but um, given that I was the baby girl of the family, uh, there was a little bit of favoritism there. Um, but okay. it was kind of dope to have your own little choir in the apartment in Brooklyn. You know, you had two sopranos, two tenors, and two altos, so we were really able to pick at each other. And uh, But I got majority of the solos because I was the little the baby girl. Cool. I still am, yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, are any of your siblings also pursuing a music career? Um, I was, in, I was a lot of my music um, history was in church, so uh, my brothers and my sisters do a lot of church uh, venues and sing for a lot of like the heads of, of the choirs, kind of like uh, Fred Hammond, Donnie McClurkin. So they do pursue their singing career, but more so in the church venue in the gospel realm. Okay. Yeah. Now, how old were you when you realized you wanted to sing? Uh, I knew that it, given that I'm the fifth out of six children, uh, music was always instilled in us. Uh, I do have four older brothers and sisters, and uh, we all sing. So being raised in a musical family, that's all that I knew to do. And also being raised in the area of Brooklyn that we were uh, living in, it wasn't really safe to ride your bike or play handball or try to figure out what else you were good at. We just kept the music inside, you know, indoors, and uh, that allowed me to master my craft because I did have a competition of my brothers and sisters, but again, at the same time, that's all we really could do. Okay. So I knew at a young age, I love right. to sing, yeah. Cool. All right, well, let's hear our track. What are we going to listen to? Well, the first track you're going to hear is off of my EP, Above All, called Dream. Okay. Um, this is Dream by Chrissy Chrissy. Take my tips in a can Yeah, 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 yeah. Postcards 
You've just heard Dream by Chrissy Chrissy. So where can we keep track of you? Um, my website is uh, ChrissyChrissy.com. That's Chrissy with a K. Uh, if you're Twitter savvy or Instagram savvy, you can follow me at ChrissyChrissy1 um, or Facebook ChrissyChrissyK. But a lot of my uh, shows, there's a, there's a music link, there's a location link, and a tour link. Okay. You definitely click on that and find out where I am uh, for the next couple months. All right, cool. Yeah. Cool. Right. Now, at age 12, you started singing in the church choir? That's right. Um, how would you say that experience helped your singing now? I really developed my, my, uh, my strengths of where I was vocally when I started singing in the youth choir uh, at a young age. And then um, I kind of stood out, so they asked me to do the adult choir. And I was able to master the alto, I guess, voice, my, my raspy, rough, soulful voice, uh, because that's the, that's the lane that I'm most powerful in. So I was able to actually teach uh, women that were 30, 40, 50 years old how to sing in, in, in the range that I'm at, wow. that I was in, that I'm in. Um, so it really helped me, especially it was every Thursday and every Wednesday I would have youth choir practice and adult choir practice on Thursday. Okay. So I was really getting that muscle, that vocal muscle, it's best use. Just like anybody would go to a gym twice a week, right. I would go to choir rehearsal and master my vocal skills that way. So it, it definitely helped me vocally and also performance-wise when they would give me the mic to do a solo and really get the crowd going. Um, that actually helped me. And plus, I, was, you know, I wasn't singing to a little storefront church. I was actually singing to like three, 4,000 people at a time. Right. So it helped me with my performance act at the same time mastering the vocal abilities of an alto. Okay. Yeah. Now, who is Frederica? <laughs> Frederica, that's, uh, <laughs> that's my um, alter ego. No, uh, I used to be in the, in, the, in the choir. I used to sing a lot of Fred Hammond songs. And if anybody knows any gospel music, Fred Hammond is a very big guy. He's kind of like the Luther Vandross of... Of, of, of gospel music so they would give me these big soulful records that this guy is big you know what I mean and his mm -hmm. th what comes out of this guy's mouth is just like crazy modulations and, and, and licks here and there so when they asked me to sing his record this small girl from Brooklyn and I could pull it off with such power they would they would like you're like the female version of Fred Hammond will call you Frederica <laughs> and then Frederica came out the name and they cool. would call me Spunky or Frederica cool. so now, after the choir, you started performing in karaoke competitions. Right. Making yeah. anywhere from, what, three grand to ten grand? Right, yeah. And What was that like? Uh, it was scary. Uh, I started doing karaoke competitions at 16, but I knew that I wasn't allowed in the bar at that age. So what I would do is I would have dinner at the venue and then wait around because they couldn't kick me out because I was a paying customer. <laughs> or I would bring somebody that was older than me with me and we would eat and then just kind of slip in a song here and there. And then when I kind of got to know the bouncers and the owners, and then they would refer me to other different venues, other different karaoke spots that were actually paying, um, that's when I would go. So I started uh, in one area in Queens, and then I kind of got word of mouth to different areas in Queens or in Brooklyn, and then there were competitions. So they would go for three grand one time, five grand another one, seven, ten grand. And they would, it was like a karaoke season, so I would win... Uh, I mean, I would compete alongside with my brother, and him and I would go first and second. So I would win three grand, he would win $1,500. We would split the pot, you know what I mean? And uh, it was like competitions, one on Wednesday, one on Thursday, one on Friday, one on Saturday. So there was one week I came home. We came home with over $30,000 wow. in competitions alone. And th there was just, there was like a... a it was funny because we were totally not what you would expect me to sing. I would go in there with my fitted cap and sing Bob and Streisand. And my mm -hmm. brother, the big guy, would go in there singing Journey. And they would just take, you know, they would look at us like, wow, where are these kids from? And then we would just knock the house down and just have a ball, have a blast, have a party. And uh, it really kind of brought the crowd in and the judges liked us and we would just win and win. Yeah. 
Now, you got discovered at these karaoke competitions, right? I, well, I got discovered at a bar, at okay. a karaoke bar. I was actually getting over a breakup. Um, and everybody, that's what everybody does. We go to a bar when somebody breaks up with us. Yep. So I made my way from the city to this bar in Brooklyn called Taku Taku. It's on North 6 and Driggs. And I went downstairs and I figured I would just cry and drink my sorrows away. And I was singing Melissa Etheridge, like the way I do, perfect mm -hmm. breakup song, in hopes that the person that broke up with me would go to the place that, you know, we frequented together. And uh, I was singing, getting the crowd going. I was actually tearing and, and, and drinking. And uh, when I made my way back to the friends that went with me, this gentleman pulled at my shoulder and I turned around with tears in my eyes and everything. He was, asked me, you ever into this music shit? I looked at him. And I, you know, I gave him the pearly whites. Yeah, yeah, sure, no problem. Here's my number. Hit me up. He's like, no, take my email. I didn't think anything of it. I thought it was just another guy trying to hit on me. So when I went home, when I went to my friend's house that night, I stood over because she didn't trust me being alone by myself. Um, I, she woke up the next morning with tissues all over the couch, and she said, uh, "Did you ever call that guy? You ever hit him up?" I said, "No." She goes, uh, "She looked at me. She said, you have nothing to lose, Chris.'" And so I hit him up, and we've been working ever since. That's great. Yeah. Great. Now, your EP, Above All, has a continuous theme of love running through it. Right. Um, can you tell us about the inspiration for those songs? Um, love is actually the, the biggest inspiration. There's six tracks on there, and uh, can I go through them one by one to explain a little bit about it? Sure. Yeah. So the first record is called Broken Glass, and that talks about the love for yourself. You know, a lot of people can say what you have to do in life because they think that you have no clue about what you need to do in life. And at the end of the day, no matter what decisions you make, no matter what you do, you got to live and love yourself. And uh, that's, that's the record called Broken Glass. There's a record called Maybe I, and it talks about having a lover or a partner that uh, was perfectly made for you and you messed up. So you wish, you maybe you could wish, you know, maybe you wish you loved them a little bit more. Uh, there's a record there called Suspicious, which is actually the second, um, second uh, video that just premiered the 25th of September, and that talks, and it talks, and it also uh, portrays in the video about a suspicious lover that you may have, somebody cheating on you, which everybody can attest to. Uh, there's a record there called Dream, which is actually the love of music, and there's the title. Uh, title copy, I guess, of, of the record called Above All, which is the... I was raised in Brooklyn, and a lot of people on the block that I was raised in never really had a father. And my father was raised on that block, and he became the father figure to many, and to his own six kids and to half of the kids on the block. And so I experienced the love that not a lot of kids were was able to experience, the love from a daughter to a father. And um, above all, above all the hurt and all the pain that we can go through, uh, the best love I've ever had was the one I shared with him. Above all, it, it's above all. It's above all. <laughs> so that's kind of a, and and the record is also dedicated to him. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, let's hear another track. What are we going to hear? Uh, the next track you'll hear is "Suspicious." Okay. This is "Suspicious" by Chrissy Chrissy. Yeah. 
Suspicious by Chrissy Chrissy. Where can we buy your music? Uh, any e electronic outlets uh, that are available, iTunes, Amazon, uh, any type of, if you have a smartphone and you just Google Chrissy Chrissy and any platform you're able to purchase it at is there. There's also different links on my website at chrissychrissy.com. You're able to purchase the, the, uh, the CD app if uh, you request for a hard copy CD or a signed CD. Again, everything you could go is directly through the website. And that's Chrissy with a K, y'all. Okay. Yeah. And all right, who came up with the concept for Suspicious and Dreams for the music videos? Uh, the videos themselves uh, mm -hmm. were produced and, and, and uh, I guess the conception of it is um, through the lyrics and through an amazing team, our raw films, uh, they came up with a, an awesome idea of, especially for Dream, is the hustle and the bustle of getting to practice, the love of music. You can go through any type of train, any type of weather. It was snowing, actually, when we did that. Um, to get to what you do and what you love best, as much as it, it is practice or as much as it is about doing a show. So Auro Films came up with that. And then um, another thing, we kind of brainstormed, and our, a team came together, and we, uh, we figured out that Suspicious, if you listen to the words, it's actually a, love, it's actually a story. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to put our minds together and get uh, the actual cheating events of what people really go through when they catch their lover cheating. So, you know, alongside, you know, myself, also Dennis Wynn, my manager, Fiona Bloom, Auro, we all came up with, um, with that idea. And it's the truth, because actually two weeks later, my little brother told me that that happened to him. He walked in and both his girlfriends were uh, having a drink together and uh, he got caught. I was like, you know that, that's in my video. He's like, I think she got that idea from your video. Thanks. I was like, sorry. <laughs> What was it like to work on those videos? It was a lot of fun. I mean, it was a lot of energy. Uh, it was, it was uh, you know, you had to get into character. Anybody who knows who I am and how I am knows that, you know, I love to act and I love to, to play the role and also kind of to be a ham. But to, 
to be able to be the hustle and bustle of Chrissy Chrissy and Dream to to become the sexual lover and suspicious is two total polar opposites. But it was fun to have the same team be able to direct me and show me, you know, how it is to to portray that and act like that. I mean, there was times where sessions would last six, seven hours, and then we would do it, and we would have to recut it again for another six, seven hours. It was tedious. But to get the point across, a three-and-a-half-minute video, to get it across and everybody understand and say, damn, I could attest to that, is a, a mission accomplished. So what's next for you? Oh, touring. I mean, we're touring. We're, we're continuously um, dropping videos. Our next video that we're going to drop is actually Above All. Um, we're, we're finishing that up. So... Um, it's just touring and getting the music out there, you know, radio stations and, and going to different venues. And um, I actually worked on a, on, a, on a track with these people from Malaysia, Project EAR, that's going to be great. I uh, have music compilations with uh, very famous rappers. And, and um, yeah. it's, it's, just, it's just on the up and up, you know what I mean? If you do the hard work and you prepare yourself, everything will come. And I'm a firm believer of that, you know what I mean? You never count yourself short. There's not a venue that's not good enough for you because you never know who you meet and you mm -hmm. never know what you'll become from singing to one person, you know what I mean? So, I mean, I used to sing at a karaoke bar for free, and I used to sing to, you know, one person who was like 100 years old, and I gave him my all. Why not do it when I'm now? And it's my music, and it's going to just bring my team and I to better places, you know what I mean? That's all it is, hard work. That's what we're looking forward to. All right, well, I just want to thank you for taking the time out to sit down with me. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And this is AG from Unclaimed Bands. Until next time. Peace. The statements, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals and in no way reflect the views of Unclaimed Bands, its parent company, or subsidiaries.